think we've got to be the body to rock it like we're never going to see it again. We are exploding, the world is going to know it. We'll rock it like we're never going to see us again. For this Wednesday night, October 3rd, 2012 Welcome once again to the show that covers everything and anything and tells it like it is My name is Joe Pacino and my co-host as always is David Gomez Sir, how are you this evening? Doing fabulous Excited of course to get PG underway And folks, if you'd like to be a part of the show Make sure you give us a call 714-364-4721 You can check out our website puregoldpg.com Or of course you can see our Twitter, our Facebook and all that other goodness <laughs> Thanks, DJ. On the program tonight, we will be joined by Mad Men, the, by the TV show Mad Men on AMC. Actress Sadie Alexandru will be diving into week four of the NFL, and boy, what a miserable weekend if you're a fan of the locals. We'll be hitting up some baseball talks since today's the last day of the regular season. We might get into some talk about the presidential debate tonight and, and a new installment Tonight, as always, of They Stink. <laughs> as always. As always. I can only give you a clue. It's uh, probably my team. Probably. So, why don't we get right into the ugly show and talk about the past week of football. The New York Jets on Sunday played the San Francisco 49ers, and let's just face it. I they did? The Jets The Jets showed up? They played on Sunday? I think they did. They, um, Yeah, they showed up. Um, I really had little expectations against a team like San Fran, especially this is a team that I think is going to Super Bowl. And not only did I not get um, what I didn't expect less, I got even less than that. So <laughs> to think that this team is, um, you know, a team that is playoff bound, they're still in first place, they're two and two, and to to give a performance like they did on Sunday was absolutely putrid from top to bottom. This team, um, offensively, defensively, and uh, special teams just did not show up, sir, like you said, um, figuratively. But uh, the team, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. From top to bottom, uh, this team is uh, in disarray right now. The, the, they had no running game. They had no passing game. Their defense was a uh, Swiss cheese, if you will. And um, 34 nothing is very uh, not indicative of the score. The score could have easily been 56 to nothing. But I think the San Francisco 49ers <laughs> took it easy on them. Why do you think they took it easy on them, sir? Uh, there were a couple of plays that they could have easily um, scored before the half. Um, I just think that San Fran, after you know they ran up the score up to 34, I think they were they were satisfied. They had proved their point that the Jets are just uh, not even close into the, in the class of the San Francisco 49ers, and now the Jets have a lot of question marks, including the uh, found out today the loss of Santonio San Holmes, another you know. Weapon, so-called weapon for Mark Sanchez. So now they have no Revis on the defensive side, and no Santonio Holmes on the offensive side. Yes, sir. That is that's amazing. I mean, the Jets have fallen, sir. Oh, how the mighty have fallen! What mighty? Well, I mean, you know, you're talking about Rex Ryan. You're talking about the greatest coach ever, the greatest defensive mind in football. Two times going to the AFC title game, sir. And look at what uh, now. I mean, it doesn't give me honestly. It doesn't give me any type of uh, enjoyment, as it were, because like I always say, I don't hate the Jets, but you know, it's it's one of those things that when you really sit here and analyze the. Uh, the Jets and the type of season that they're having. I mean, sir, would you say that this this season is going to really go off the rails? I mean, is is this San Antonio Holmes business? I mean, is this the straw that broke the camel's back? I mean, are, are they just going to cough it up, sir? <laughs> it's funny. It's uh, the team has won two games in the division. They're technically tied for first place, and I feel like yes, the wheels are ready to come off on this team because. Uh, there's just no cohesiveness. And to win in the NFL, you need cohesiveness from top to bottom, from the owner all the way down to the players. And, sir, this team is in just disarray. I think with the loss of San Antonio Holmes, yeah, um, that's another big loss. But, you know, I think the team was destined for 4-12 and anyway, the way they're playing. I just think that now's the time to, you know, save Mark Sanchez. I, I'm a big Mark Sanchez supporter, but save him. We might as well put Tim Tebow in there and let him deal with this mess the rest of the year because – Mark Sanchez's confidence is totally shot at this point. He doesn't know uh, the left from his right, up from down. I mean, the guy, I feel bad for the guy. I think his career might be done as a New York Jet. You think so, sir? I mean, you're not, you're not really just uh, 
What's the word I'm looking for? You're not really just being a Debbie Downer? You really think his career's done? I really think that the team, from the owner to the general manager and even to the coach to an extent, has no faith in Mark Sanchez. They talk a lot talk a lot of good garbage on uh, to the media and saying how Mark Sanchez is our man. We need him to win. But I really, truly believe that they've given up on Mark Sanchez. After they give him an extension, and that's another debacle on itself. You give the guy an extension, you give him more money, and you decide that he's not the quarterback for you, and you decide that Tim Tebow is your answer? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I know Tebow's the backup quarterback, but really, I mean, they haven't ever said at any point that uh, he's the answer. So, I mean, do you really think that the, the team thinks he's the answer? I mean, I know again, I know it sounds like an idiotic question because they brought him in here and he is the backup, but, I mean, seriously, th- th- is this thing just going to sink with, with this uh, with this mess they have going on here? Is there any chance to save the Jets there, any at all? Uh, no. Not especially with the the way the the Patriots have picked up a couple of players off the waiver wire. I just think that the the Jets will just flounder from here on end. Uh, and why do you bring in a second? Why do you bring up a backup? Why do you bring a backup quarterback like Tim Tebow when he's not going to start for your starting quarterback if your starting quarterback is struggling? You know, I mean, anytime you have backup quarterbacks, usually they leave the starter in there for the most part. It seems like they're, you know, I I don't know if this is the actual case, but it just seems like the the method, the method, excuse yeah. me, as the method on right now, they're, they're playing um, horrible uniforms of the moms, by the way. Horrible. When you look at the the Jets, it just seems like they're trying to sabotage him. I don't understand why they would do that, considering, like you said, the money they've given him, what they poured into him. I mean, so that game on Sunday, when I, I mean, the Jets lost, uh, you would call it, we both kind of called it. When I saw the action, I said, oh, the Jets lost, all we do. When I go and see the actual score, I was like, what the hell? I actually said, holy crap. Uh, I was like, oh, what's wrong? I said, the Jets got blown out. I mean, unbelievable. So as a fan, I got an eight expectation one high. I mean, are you embarrassed? Are you ashamed? Um, this reminds me of the time of the Jets before even Bill Parcells came on. This reminds me of the Rich Cote years where um, the team was just a circus, and now it's becoming a three-ring circus. I will definitely get into my little rant at the end of the show, but I really think that this team um, has lost its identity. It, it really doesn't know what it wants to do. Some, one year it's all ground and pound. The next year it's going to, we're going to open up the offense and let Mark throw the ball. To this year we, we're going to run a wildcat and uh, all defenses in the NFL take notice because we're going to throw the wildcat at you and you're not going to be able to stop it. Kiss my beep. So, you know, when you look at <laughs> – when you look at the Jets, right, and you take everything into account, your boy Darrell Rivers done for the season. Your boy, your favorite Jet of all time, Santonio Holmes, done for the season. Um, I mean, those are two big weapons there, and if they're going to be healthy, I mean, do you think they could have made any difference, honestly? Honestly, I, I don't know. With uh, so many holes, like the offensive line just doesn't give Mark Sanchez enough protection. I think if Dustin Keller was out there, with uh, Santonio Holmes, I think, yes, they'd have a shot. Sean Green has proven that he's not a starting running back in the NFL. He's a good change of pace back, but he's definitely no starting running back. So, I mean, when you address all these holes, and, like, the team is $8 million under the cap, uh, what are you thinking, uh, Woody Johnson? What are you thinking, Mike Tannenbaum? You're $8 million under the cap, and when these guys go down, you don't even replace them with, like, legitimate professional football players. You decide that your second stringers are going to be the guys that are going to carry you through. I mean, it doesn't work that way, fellas. I, I don't know what um, what they're smoking, sir, but it's definitely the wrong type of stuff. stuff. Well, let me ask you, do you think there's any possibility that they, they're owned by the same people secretly as the New York Mets? Because actually, you mentioned that you talk about it, right? But that sounds exactly like what the Mets have done. You know, the Mets letting their second stringers in there, not improving when they could have had the chance to. Obviously midseason, but look at the mess that their their season has devolved into. I mean, the Jets seem to be going down that same direction, sir. Sadly enough. Sadly enough, and again, when you you look at this team, they've won two games in their division. They've beaten the uh, Miami Dolphins, big, of course. They've beaten the Miami Dolphins. They've beaten the Buffalo Bills, and they've lost to a really well. We don't know yet, but I, I'll say right now, as of right now, a pretty good Pittsburgh Steelers team. Pretty good. And then they lost to uh, the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, that's a team that I really feel like is going to be in the NFC title game at the very least, sir. So the Jets are 2-2. Two and two. They had a terrible loss. It was an embarrassing loss. But, you know, a loss is a loss. I don't, anyway, you could have lost 17-16 and still would have been lost. But this was a loss that you lost Antonio Holmes in the process, so it makes it that much worse. Yeah, I mean, it's true. 
I can understand. I can understand what you're saying that it makes it worse. Uh, but you know, again, going into the season, you had no expectations. You thought they were going to suck, so you weren't thinking to yourself, uh, "Well, the Jets are going to be good." I mean, I think the problem is that, that, like you said, I mean, the Jets are just scumming it up. You know, they're absolutely scumming it up, and I just I don't understand what happened to this organization. Obviously, Rex isn't going to be fired. No way, that's going to happen. But I mean, what do you think? Are you still a fan of his? Um, well, Mar- um, Rex Ryan can only do what he's given. I mean, he can only um, produce what is given to him by the general manager and the owner. So if he doesn't go out there and get the talent that he needs, and, you know, I think Rex Ryan um, sometimes is just a homer, and he just likes likes to kiss up to the owner and the GM because to him, for him to say it's the best co- uh, best defense he's ever had is just a joke. They give what they give up in the the first um, the first game. They give twenty eight points. Some of it garbage. Last week they gave up 34 points. They let Miami score on them, which is a team that was picked to be one of the worst teams in NFL. And then the Pittsburgh Steelers, yeah, they played a pretty good game against the Steelers, but no way is this the best defense that Rex Ryan's ever had. The, his best defense he's ever had was that first year that the Jets were 9-7 and made it to the AFC title game versus the Colts. Why do you think the Jets have no identity, sir? Because they don't know what they want to do. I mean, they, they, they're talking about a wildcat. They're talking about opening it up and throwing the ball. And now they're, going, they're talking, about, talking about going back to ground and pound. It, you need to have a system in place. And, again, you look at a team like the Giants and the Patriots where Bill Belichick and Tom Brady have been together for, what, eight-plus years now. They've run the same system. And, granted, Tom Brady is, is much better than Mark Sanchez. But at least there's consistency there. Even with the Giants, you've got Tom Coughlin and Eli Manning no running a consistent same offense for the last however many years. So, the the one thing that the Jets are not is definitely consistent in terms of keeping the same game plan. I, that's why I think they're all over the map. Yeah, I just don't understand. I mean, again, I, Rex is coming back, obviously, but how much how much more time do you give him? If you, you you as a fan, you probably have to give him this year and maybe next year. Well, I mean, obviously this year you have to. That's irrelevant. But right. I mean, are you, you you're definitely giving him next year. I'm definitely going to give him one more year. I'm going to tell you that if the team does go four and twelve this year and is a complete flop, I think that the GM. Uh, Mike Tannenbaum's going to be on the hot seat, and there's a good—I mean, there's a 50-50 shot, I'd say—that Rex Ryan's not here next year if the team goes four and twelve. But I think Mike Tannenbaum more than Rex Ryan will go if the team really flounders this Mr. year. Mr. T. Mr. T. Well, I—I I mean, don't, don't they love Mr. T? I mean, you, you don't think his job is secure? You don't think that these clowns are going to be running the Jets at least for another season? Mr. T is not your typical GM where he knows how to draft players. He's a money's guy. He knows how to control it's the It's all about the money. Yeah, and you need to win to to make money, by the way, uh, Mr. Tannenbaum and Mr. Johnson. Uh, newsflash, Tim Tebow is not bringing in extra cash into your pocketbook. So um, the team new, needs to draft better, and uh, Mike Tannenbaum is not the kind of guy that knows how to draft people. Case in point, he's uh, he's had five draft picks, and he's released four of them this year already. So four out of the five draft picks from last year or this year, whatever you want to say this year, uh, have been already been released. So that tells you how good they've drafted so far. Yeah, well, I mean, is there any way this team is going to improve, sir? I mean, honestly, I mean, we're looking at just a, a debacle for the next couple of seasons. I mean, basically, the reason I compared them to the Mets is because, remember, 06, and we thought the Mets were on the verge of a dynasty. I'm thinking to myself, man, the Mets are going to do it. They're going to win the World Series. I know I've mentioned this a couple of times on the on the air. But then after that, all right, bad, bad end to the season. But then the following year, oh, jeez, and then the following year, oh, jeez. And then here we are now, the Mets are a total flop and a disaster. I mean, are we looking at that for the Jets there, honestly? Honestly, we are. The the talent's not there. The, um, the, the I think the team actually also, um, which I haven't seen this team give up ever on Rex Ryan, I think this team actually gave up on Sunday. There was a couple of plays uh, towards the end of the game that San Fran scored on where the tackling was just not there. It was it was almost like going through the motions. I feel like they, the, the team gave up, and that's another a bad sign for all, for all Jeff fans is the fact that the team gave up. Um, for three-plus years, I've seen this team play hard. They might lose, they might win, but they never gave up, and this team gave up last week. Another bad sign for the Jets. Going into this week, sir, what do you think? I mean, is, is this just going to – they're 2-2, two and two, so you're saying that for them to – your pick is 4-12? and 12. I mean, really, they're going to go 2-10 and 10 for the rest of the year? Um, I don't know if four and twelve is really realistic, but I feel like it's going that way. This Monday night they play against the Houston Texans at home, but the Houston Texans are undefeated and they're just playing at a different level compared to the Jets. I think that the Jets might get 
whipped again. I don't know if it's going to be 34 nothing. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that the Jets are going to get they're going to get beat on all sides of the ball. Sorry, they're going to get beat on the defensive side, the offensive side. I think Houston's going to. Let me give you a score first, and I'll tell you why. I think that the Houston Texans are going to win like 27 to seven. I know I picked 24 to seven last week versus the 49ers, but I think 27 to seven is a good pick because Matt Schaub can go to Andre Johnson a lot more than Alex Smith tried to go to uh, Manningham last week. Right. He missed a couple easy, easy, easy passes with, uh, what's his name, Kyle Wilson, the new cornerback converted from running back. I, I, that's another thing that bothers my mind. You make a running back into a cornerback in one week. And Alex Smith was smart. He picked on him all week. And, uh, unfortunately, he wasn't able to connect with San, uh, Randy Moss or to Manningham on some deep bombs because – there was three passes that could have easily been touchdowns. The score said 34 nothing could have easily been 34 plus 21. 55 to nothing. Well, so, you know, your boy um, Smith isn't exactly a great quarterback, sir. He's not. He's a, he's a type of quarterback that manages the game, sort of like what you want Mark Sanchez to do, sir. You want him to manage the game and not throw interceptions and just not turn the ball over. So Alex Smith is um, vastly improved over the last couple of years, and now I think he's ready to lead his team to the NFC title game. I still think that that's the team to be, even though the Cardinals and their division, sir, are still undefeated. The only two undefeated teams so far after four weeks of football are the Houston Texans and the Arizona Cardinals. <clears throat> so you're picking the Texans to continue undefeated and to be 5-0? 27-7 to in a no contest. You could shut the game off after the first quarter, Jeff fans. This game is a loss. The Jets will be 2-3. and three. And then things get a little bit brighter as the Jets welcome in the Indianapolis Colts and Andrew Luck. So what do you think is going to happen on Monday night? Um, I'll go with your prediction. I'll say the Jets lose by a lot. You know what? Ah, what the hell? I'm going to go the opposite. I say Jets win. I say Jets turn around. The Jets are going to end the undefeated season. The quest for 19-0 and for the uh, – for Matt Schaub and the Houston Texans. And what's interesting is that I was talking about the Houston Texans. It reminds me of Thor Ramsey. You remember him? He's one of our guests. Yeah. How much he hated Matt Schaub for some reason. <laughs> I would love to see them in the uh, Super Bowl and then have Thor come back on the show so he can tell us and rant and rave about how great Matt Schaub is. When you when you think of, when I think of Matt Schaub, I forgot to ask you, or maybe I did ask you last week, but did you see the hit he took from the Denver Broncos, that illegal hit to the head? I heard about that. I did not see it there. Do you know it took a piece of his ear off? <laughs> You sure it wasn't Mike Tyson that invited you? No, it wasn't Mike Tyson. Uh, the, the hit was so violent, the helmet cut through his, his ear and cut a piece off. He was like, and the, the, the funny thing was he played the very next play. That is, <laughs> that's quite a hit, sir. So, sir, I think we spent, what, 17 minutes on the uh, Jets. Uh, let's move on to the from the ugly to the bad. Um, Sunday night, Giants go into Philadelphia, and I thought that this was going to be a 31-27 to type game, high scoring. I thought that the Giants were going to, you know, they finally started playing well. They they really smacked the Carolina Panthers uh, pretty good. And I thought that they'd be able to go and carry the momentum into Philadelphia against Vic. And I thought if you hit Vic enough, you, you know, he turned the ball over enough. I thought that the Giants would win. Um, a couple bad breaks, a pass interference call, a missed field goal at the end by um, Tynes. Lawrence Tynes, yeah. Lawrence Tynes. And I think that um, it's an unfortunate loss. Um, are you as upset? Losing nineteen to seventeen as opposed to maybe getting blown out like I did. Um, you know what? Honestly, I I think it's worse. I hate close loss. I would honestly this it may sound stupid to some people. I'd rather get blown out there and lose a close game like that. I was so annoyed, sir. I can't even tell you. I mean, the fact that the Mets uh, keep they damn it, take that off. I keep talking Mets. Would you take that off? Somebody in studio, producer Alex, do something about that. But anyway, um, the fact that they lost that game, so I'm sitting there watching a penalty flag, penalty flag, penalty flag, yeah. and then the freaking Lawrence Times oh, kicks like a 60 yard bomb, hooks it far left, right. and then he misses by a couple of feet. <laughs> I mean, what are you doing? I was a little pissed because the Giants weren't able to uh, to make anything happen. But you know what? The Giants also have to be careful, sir. And I heard someone say this on the radio this week. They can't just sit there and rely on e- on uh, Eli Manning's fourth quarter magic all the time. I mean, that that should have been an easy drive with the penalties and everything. Giants should have scored a touchdown on that drive, but they should have won twenty to nineteen. Instead, they lose nineteen to seventeen. It was definitely an ugly loss um, for whatever reason. The, the Eagles have the Giants' number. They've beaten them eight of the last nine times they've played them, which pisses me off to no end. I can't even begin to tell you about that. You know, but the truth of the matter is that, I mean, now here the Giants are 2-2. Two and two. What scares me, sir, 
is the fact that they're all in two in their division. That you gotta admit is a pretty scary thing. Yeah, I don't understand it. That's one thing I want to bring up just now is the fact that the Jets are two and zero in their division. They're just, they have the same record as the Giants, two and two, but the Jets are two and zero in their division, and the Giants are zero and two, and yet. Giant fans, um, you know, they're feeling pretty confident about their team, and the Jet fans, like myself, are not. I mean, I just think it goes back to that consistency factor where you have Tom Coughlin, you have Eli Manning to rely on. Rely on. Well, and the ownership, too, the Giants. The Giants are the model franchise, let's be honest. The Giants, uh, you know, the, the Patriots even, and then, of course, the Steelers. I mean, those are the model franchises. You don't want a, a team like the Jets. You don't want ownership like the Jets. You want a team that's gonna you're gonna feel confident. And again, the Giants have won you know two of the last four Super Bowls, and I mean hell, they they they've done an amazing job, sir. They have done an amazing job. They're they're an excellent franchise. I love them, um, and I think that when you when you just as a fan you you kind of sit back for a second, you know you sit there and you just wonder what the hell is going on. You sit there and you wonder why the Giants are, are scumming it up as they were, sir. Um, you know, but again, we'll, we'll continue to just, just go from there. And I believe we have a caller on the line here, so uh, I'm not I'm not sure we don't have our call screener operating today. So let's see who this uh, possibly might be. You're live on the air, Pure Gold. Who's this? Well, hi, my name is Jim, and I'm from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Oh, hey, Jim, how are you? Good. How are you guys? Doing awesome. Doing awesome. Thanks for calling. Uh, what would you like to talk about there? I'm just a I'm just a diehard Giants fan living in the heart of Eagles country here, and uh, oh, that's been able, I haven't been able to you know to really get a good night's sleep uh, the last uh, week or so. <laughs> but uh, it was really really tough. Uh, they've they've been digging at me since uh, I started watching Giants football, and uh, and it was, and I tell you what, if we can go two and fourteen, as long as those two two wins are against the Eagles, I'm I'm fine with that. That's the type of uh, Giants <laughs> coming in around here. <laughs> Well, it's got to be worse for you. Like, I, I have an old friend who, uh, she's a Mets fan living down there in uh, in Philly country, down, you know, right next to where the Phillies play. Um, and that that's brutal. But this is this is bad. I mean, for the past four or five years, basically, well, actually five if you count uh, this week, I mean, the Giants have been owned by the uh, by the Eagles. I mean, well, what's up with that? I, I don't even understand it. The Eagles aren't even that great. I remember watching uh, – a couple years ago to end the season when the Giants lost on that ridiculous, uh, you know, kickoff that was like a 90-some-odd yard. I mean, that, that I almost lost it then. But, uh, you know, what do you think, Jim? I mean, the Giants, are they going to come back and win that second game, or are we looking at, you know, 1-9 and nine against uh, the Eagles in the last five years? Well, as you know, it's, it's, it's about how you finish. And uh, the, the thing course. is, the Eagles, have been really, the Eagles have been really plaguing us since I've been watching football, which is like since 1990. Uh, but you remember those Buddy Ryan defenses and, those Eagle teams were a sword in the Giants' side, side then, and and uh, and it seems like it hasn't really changed much. I know they have our number now, but uh, like you said, we we do get them, get to see them one more time. The 0-2 record does bother me in the division. Uh, Definitely. Hasn't happened since ninety since ninety six, which was Dan Reeves last year. Oh, please, um, please don't mention him again. That, that was a that was a horrific year with uh, I believe I believe it was Danny Cannell at the quarterback. Huh? But um, talking about Danny Cannell, I can't believe it. <laughs> Yeah, we've come a long way since then, but uh, you know, like you guys said, it's it's a long year. But as long as you get in the playoffs, no matter you know, Eli's proven that as long as we get in the playoffs, he can come up big in big spots. And and uh, you know, whether it's a nine and seven finish or or a ten and six or eleven and five or twelve and four, as long as you get in the dance, like Bill Parcells called it, you know, the tournament, uh, you got a shot with this guy. So, uh, are you are you concerned that the Giants are zero and two in their division though? He mentioned that. Oh, absolutely, I'm concerned. But but at the same time, it's still early. And as long as you can get in, I mean, we got the win against the Bucks. I don't know if the tiebreaker is going to play out as such with the Bucks. I don't think they're going to be there in the end. But uh, you know, if we can start rattling off a few wins here, I mean, there were losses last year. Uh, the Seahawks lost in the beginning, which which you know did eat at me. But again, once the once the season got rolling and once we got in the playoffs, you forget about these these games. You know, as long as you can yeah. get in. Should be good. <laughs> right. The only reason why I ask if you're concerned about the team because it seems like as a Jet fan, we're two and zero, and uh, we're, we're panicking that our season's over. Uh, it seems like well, the Giants are just cool and calm and collected. <laughs> yeah, I think the Jet season is over a lot. If you if you guys are uh, listening to the you know WFAN, I'm sure as, as I do, that's pretty much the gist. I mean, with Santonio out and and Sanchez right. uh, too busy dating uh, what's her name, Eva Longoria, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I guess it's kind of kind of uh, tough for the Jets right now, but it's a long year, and you never know. I mean, the Jets can hit a hit a hot streak too, and, and 
and end up, you know, in the playoffs. Who knows? It's a, that's that's what football is. It's a game. Of, it's a it's a league of parity right now. That's what they want. They want everybody interested. You know, that's that's what the free agency is about. Equal equal opportunity, so much uh, so to speak, for for the teams. So right. And let me ask you, since you watch the NFL like I do and uh, DG does, uh, what team has surprised you on the positive side so far, and what team has really disappointed so far? Jumped out at me immediately is the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, Kevin Cobb was getting getting ostracized in the in the uh, in the preseason there, and uh, combine him with the with the defense, they've been playing really well. I guess Ken Wisenheim's probably going to be looking for a contract extension soon if they keep this up. Yeah, um, true. As, as far as uh, as far as the uh, the team who I'm shocked about who has been poorly who has been performed poorly, uh, uh, I would probably say the Jets. <laughs> to be yeah. honest with you, uh, you got a, you had a lot of uh, hope, hope and uh, change, so to speak, uh, riding on the Sanchez uh, Tebow scenario, and uh, it hasn't really worked out uh, as as the Jets fans would have hoped. I would think. No, it definitely hasn't. But I know my my co-host here, who's a big Jets fan, and as miserable and as negative as they come, didn't didn't give them any hope this year. I mean, Tim Tebow's too busy doing uh, photo shoots and you know appearing without his shirt and. Right, like you said, Sanchez is too busy doing God knows what with uh, Miss uh, Miss Longoria. But you know, Jim, we appreciate you giving us a call, and of course, you can call in at any time, um, any any week, Wednesday. You know, we're here six to seven, seven thirty. It's always good to have Giants fans on the air because, uh, like I said, I'm over here staring at a Jets jersey in the with my partner's uh, last name on it in our studio, <laughs> and a Jets hat that should be covered in dirt. But again, thanks so much, and hopefully, we'll we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely, and let's go Yankees too. By the way, throw that out there. Oh, jeez! All right, <laughs> take care, sir. <laughs> oh man, we, we need to fire a call screener. <laughs> Absolutely, we should have found out. Is this guy a Yankees fan? No, you know it's good yeah. to hear. I'd love to hear from a Jets fan, honestly. Um, I mean, because to me, that's what I want to hear from. I want to hear a Jets fan who's on the ledge, who's about to jump, and we we have to talk him or her off the ledge and save their life, sir. Sir, before we take our break and we uh, welcome actress uh, C.D. Alexandru, let's talk about the Giants this week. I mean, it's a layup, let's face it. They're at home playing the 0-4 Cleveland Browns. <laughs> what do you think? Sir, I know that you say it's a layup, and I, I believe it, but the Giants are also famous for having these trap games, quote-unquote. And uh, they'll go into these games and we'll think, man, the Giants are going to win, the Giants are going to dominate, and then they're losing, sir. So, you know, uh, I know you're saying here that you, you're convinced. I mean, I am too. I believe it. But it, it does scare me a little bit that uh, history has shown the Giants tend to take these games lightly or whatever the case is and not show up. So give me a prediction. <laughs> uh, prediction, I would say uh, Giants uh, 72 <laughs> and the Browns uh, just forfeit the game. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go Giants 28 Brown seven, I think it's a romp from the the offensive, the defensive side. The Giants will whip the Cleveland, Cleveland Browns, but hopefully Neil from Bell is not listening because Cleveland is his team. But unfortunately, <laughs> wait, who Neil? Yeah, Neil, our beat reporter for the um, Spartans, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love Neil. I wonder what he's up to. We haven't had him call the show in a long time. I wonder if he remembers me. He should, <laughs> uh, sir. That's football week four. League we'll- where they play. <laughs> so, uh, other marquee games before we take a break. We got the San Diego Chargers playing the New Orleans the Chargers. Saints. The Chargers against the Saints. The, the Patriots the hop on. host the Peyton Manning Denver Broncos. Should be a good game. Is that their name now? Has it changed to uh, the Peyton Manning Denver Broncos? The Peyton Manning Denver Broncos. And those are your marquee games, I think. Oh, you have Atlanta against Washington, but not as big as uh, because Washington's 2-2. Two two. So, week four, local teams sucked it up. Hopefully, week five is different. Although you don't think it will be for your team. Although I don't think it will be for my different. <laughs> right. Pure Gold Live on the Air. We'll be right back after this. Hi, I'm Anna Prosser, Miss Oregon USA 2011 and professional video gaming personality. It's hard to define what I do, so I fit right in on the show that talks about anything and everything. Pure Gold Radio. Hi, I'm Anna Zelensky, and make sure to tune in to Pure Gold, where you can hear great interviews, wonderful insight, and the best talk radio around. This is Dick Grayson, better known as Robin, or Nightwing. And when I'm not fighting crime with or without Batman in Gotham City, I'm listening to Pure Gold. Check out Pure Gold Radio. 
for a fresh take on sports and entertainment. David and Joe are informative, prolific, and funny. Enjoy a variety of guests and perspectives. Tune in to catch me live, pro wrestler, actress, producer, Francesca Zappatelli at puregoldpg.com. Hey guys, you are listening to Pure Gold Radio. David and Joe are keeping you in the loop on all things sports and entertainment. And I'm actress Laura Jean Salerno, and I approve this message. Welcome back, folks. Pure Gold is live on the air. It's Wednesday, October 3rd, 2012, and we have Woo! some time. Yes, we have some time before Sadie joins us for... A and that was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. We threw that game. We gave it away by doing that. We gave them the friggin' game. In my opinion, that sucked. <laughs> that was Rex Ryan quoted after the game on Sunday. Right. <laughs> or Jim Mora, so we don't get sued by the FCC. <laughs> so we have some Mistake! Oh, God. It's, it's, it's Soundbite Central here, folks, on Pure Gold. This for the Jets. <laughs> yeah. But, sir, Shoot we have a couple guts. minutes. Shoot them, oh, guys! God. Get uh, him! All righty, we get the point. We have some downtime. Uh, we we got to let the cat out of the bag. What's going on about a month and uh, 11 uh, you days? You have a show on the oh, internet? God. <laughs> well, folks, yeah, a month and 11 days exactly to the point. Folks, we're excited. We are proud. We are privileged. We are honored to be announcing live on the air to you, to the thousands of attendants and the millions watching at home. We will be starting our, I mean, we'll be doing the same show, basically, but we're going to be starting on 
speak while I was dancing. <laughs> she said, well, you're not supposed to do that when you're dancing ballet. So, um, you know, when I, I got older, she enrolled me in some, you know, a little theater class. And I, I, I did it, you know, just within my little microcosm of my area of North Jersey. And then I kind of fell out of it. Um, I, I went into sports. And uh, my junior year of high school, I broke my arm playing soccer, and I decided to go into the theater. I started at the same time. I was I broke my arm. I decided to go into the theater, and I was taking a Shakespeare class. So well, I kind of was destined, <laughs> pushed into it. <laughs> oh, that, that's interesting. Now, uh, as mm-hmm. far as your as far as your career, what would you say was your first actual? Uh, gig that you said to yourself. I mean, again, I don't, I don't know if you even have said this to yourself, but uh, from our perspective, that you would say, "Wow, you know, I made it. I'm, I'm an actress. I'm legit." Uh, the first time, my first professional job, or the first yeah, well, time I, I mean, really felt yeah, your like your first professional job that you felt that way. Uh, I, you know, Mad Men is really is really a benchmark for me, and I. It's honestly, I've done a, I've done a lot of work. I've done a lot of commercials. I've done film. I've, but Mad Men, I think, really is the first project where I'm stepping in and going, "This is a dream for me. This is, you know, what I've been working for all these years." So, <laughs> yeah, I would, def- I would say Mad Men. <laughs> hey, what, just just give us a, give the audience um, a brief synopsis of Mad Men. What's the show about? What what channel is it on? When does it air? And what do you do on the show? Um, Mad Men is a is a 1960s uh, view into an advertising advertising agency on Madison Avenue. Okay. Um, and you know it 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 addresses not only you know I mean the advertising world is where we live, but um, right. it it really very accurately addresses um, society in in the 60s and um, really the the dark things that nobody ever really talked about. <laughs> oh, nice. Sadie, uh, what would you also... Go ahead, Sadie. Go ahead. I don't want to cut you off. <laughs> and it's on AMC. Okay, of course. It's a, we're, we're on hiatus. There's a hiatus. Mad Men's on hiatus right now, so... It's not airing, but it's on um, Sunday nights at nine o'clock. <laughs> I think I got that right. <laughs> <laughs> Are you doing anything while the show's on hiatus? Uh, yes, I I co-produced a feature film, an independent feature, um, and did a little bit of acting in it. But um, we were just um, we just got some distribution, which I can't really talk about, but. Because I have to leave it up to their marketing department to um, do the official announcement, but we're in the process of getting all of our deliverables together and um, gearing up to do a uh, festival tour with that. So I've been working a lot on that. Um, I have a little group that where we've been writing and um, starting to produce our own comedy sketches. Um, I'm oh, finally no. taking the leap, and, and I'm, I'm learning uh, Final Cut Pro, finally, because it's oh, well. something I've always wanted to do. So I've been taking some courses on that, which is pretty yeah. fun, and it makes you feel empowered as an actor. <laughs> no, it's definitely good stuff. I've dabbled with Final Cut Pro a little bit as a graphic designer at my, my real job. But, you know, again, looking at your career, you've done so many different things. Uh, let me ask you, what do you prefer? Um, do you prefer doing commercials? Do you prefer doing uh television, movies, and um, what would you say is easier to do? Uh, They all have their, you know, I mean, I like like TV. I like that it's a regular schedule. I like the pace of it. Um, I love, the thing I love about film is that you get to, there's a lot more um, improvisation involved. I think there's, you know the the attention to detail of your character is really important in film because you get to play I think a little bit more. Right. Uh, commercials, obviously, I love because of the money, and it's also I, I, it's so <laughs> funny is that um oh yeah well I know you, you know I mean I didn't I didn't 
you know, fall in love in my Shakespeare class with alliteration and assonance and decide I, I want to be pushing whiffers for the rest of my <laughs> life. But um, but I'm very, very thankful. And I've gotten to work with some really great people. I mean, people in commercials are, you have to be super creative um, in a way that grabs an audience in a few seconds. So I, I think that's a really, um, really uh I have a lot of respect for those guys who who take their creativity and plug it into marketing. And I think that's got its own set of challenges. But the the nice thing about doing so many commercials is kind of like actors on set boot camp if you do it for so many years because you can't you don't have time to ask questions to right, find right. your place. I mean you just gotta you just gotta get in and get out. <laughs> yeah. What say what what actresses would you say as you grew up um were like a role model to you and you're like wow this this is my she's my favorite actress and I can only aspire to be like her who would you say maybe one or two actresses that you have looked up to I mean it's it's a little bit corny but um when I was a kid I watched this film that my mom had on a VHS called National Velvet starring Elizabeth Taylor Okay. Over and over. I, I watched that movie over and over and over and over again. And I didn't even, I was so young that I didn't even know how much I loved her. But, you know, oh. she was a very young girl and I could relate to her. And she was just, this, um, she she was brave and kind of a tomboy. And, you know, I, I just adored her story. So I, I think she was really the first actress that ever, ever really caught my eye. And then um, I, I, um, I fell in love with Catherine O'Hara in Beetlejuice uh, oh. when I got a little bit older, <laughs> and I just That's adore her. I have, I, yeah, I love Catherine O'Hara, and you know, I love all, all I, think, I love all the work she does. So I have kind of a mix of, you know, the Kate Winslet and Marissa Tomei and Laura Linney and Edie Falco, and you know, these a mix of dramatic and funny um, actresses. Kristen Wiig, I mean, of course. Of course, of course. Now let me ask you, um, piggybacking off that question, who is your favorite actor or actress that you've worked with so far? My favorite actor or actress that I've worked with so far. Um, I mean, I am just so thrilled working with Christina Hendricks, of course. I mean, I get to hang out with her. And she's wow, yeah. been an, a joy to work with. She's been... You know, she she really welcomed me with open arms. She's so sweet and helpful and candid. And I mean, Jared Harris was amazing to be around. He um he's just so talented, and he's got that you know bloodline that you know he's got that legend bloodline. Um, I did a short recently with Lou Diamond Phillips. That was kind of awesome. He's hilarious. He sings the whole day. He sings the whole day. Yeah, he he makes La Bamba. He makes he makes <laughs> he makes everything into songs. Yeah, La Bamba, right? But he, no, he he basically makes everything into a song. That was that was fun. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I used to love Lou Diamond Phillips growing up with you know his roles like in uh, Young Guns and all that stuff. It was, and of course La Bamba, <laughs> which is one of the saddest movies ever. But that's besides the point. Yeah. Um, now you know we, we've covered. Your career possibly has covered everything. What would you say are future goals that you may, you may have in mind? Like when you say, when you look at your life, you say, you say to yourself, all right, there's certain things you want to do. Can you give us a, a sneak peek into uh, what those might be? Well, there is a script that I have to write and direct before I die, so um, that's in the plans. Uh, it's a specific it's be... script, or you just want to write and direct something? Yeah, it's a it's a very specific script. I have an outline. It's based on a true story about a family member, which is pretty incredible. Um, oh, wow. So I have to do that. <laughs> I have a few stories I want to tell. So you know, I mean, it's it's as an actor, you're you're constantly grinding and running around and running to auditions and uh, you know, it's to to find that time to split and and sit down, you know, hunker down and write and really focus on that. That's that's. That's what what I'm gonna to have to do next. But right. I'd love to direct. I mean, I've produced already, and I I you know I I 
friends of mine might say I'm a little bit anal when it comes to being organized, so producing's good for me. <laughs> but <laughs> I like to I'd rather I'd rather just let loose and be creative and I feel like um my strengths are in my creative mind. So Katie, I, yeah, what, I'd love to I'd love to yeah. write and direct. Mm-hmm. What, what sounds better to you, Sadie? Um, Emmy Award-winning Sadie Alexandru or Oscar Award-winning Sadie Alexandru? You know, I'd take either one. <laughs> uh, <Would> I? <laughs> they yeah, they both sound pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what do you think is like? What do you think is the the peak or the the pinnacle of an actor actress? Is it the Emmy or is it the Oscar? I don't know because I've never actually experienced that, but I mean, I wonder, I mean, that, that, that is something that marks, you know, your, your work uh, to the world. But I mean, I've found in moments where I've worked on a set or worked on a play or worked in rehearsal and I found moments more thrilling doing the work than the moments when people have said, I saw you in this, or I saw you in that, or you know what I mean? The recognition is, is I think, for an actor who loves to dissolve into a character and really um, get into storytelling and working with amazing people and amazing words, <laughs> I mean, that, to me, I can't imagine anything more satisfying than that. But again, I've, I've never won an award, so... <laughs> Well, Sadie, I mean, it's only a matter of time before you win one, let's be honest here. <laughs> well, from your mouth to God's ears. God bless, definitely. Uh, one last question for me, Sadie. Yeah. One last question for me, Sadie. Um, what, in terms of acting, what do you prefer? Do you like to do comedy, serious, drama, romantic? Uh, tell me um, the type of acting that you really prefer. You know, I, I prefer variety. So, I mean, because I've done really dramatic work and I've done, you know, completely zany, funny work. And I, I really do, I, I hope for my life that I get to kind of flip-flop back and forth. But um, I think if I had to live somewhere, I think right now it would be drama. Okay. I think right now it would be drama. The drama but then again, you know, I do funny. I do comedy, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I could, you could definitely do comedy, Sadie. I, I could tell you have a dry sense of humor like I do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I did a, yeah. I did a, um, a, I did a play um, in West Hollywood at the Coast Playhouse for six months, and it was this crazy high-paced comedy I did for six months. So I was like, I mean, the amount of energy it takes to do comedy is astounding, and I mean, timing is everything. Obviously, timing is everything. Well, of course. I mean, I can, but I mean, I think you probably say that about any form of acting. I mean, in terms of drama and stuff, like I was watching this Inside the Actor Studio with uh, with one of my favorite actors, Liam Neeson, and he was talking about his roles and the things mm-hmm. that he's done, and you know, doing Schindler's List and all this other stuff. And I imagine that that takes a lot out of you, also, as an actor or an actress. But um, you know, Sadie, we really appreciate you giving us some time here. You know, it's a pleasure. Hopefully, we'll be able to, uh, you know, to see some some big things from you and. Um, again, I know that being on Mad Men is a huge thing for an actor, considering the amount of awards that it's won. So we wish you much success uh, in the future, and of course, hopefully, we'll be able to have you on again. And you know, um, like Joe said, uh, hopefully, you'll be able to win a nice award. And you know, we'll, we'll see you on the screen, and we'll say, hey, hey we had her on our show. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It's nice chatting with you. You're welcome. Have a wonderful evening. You too. And take care, folks. Bye bye. That was Mad Men actress Sadie Alexander. You know, it's interesting. All, all the um, interviews that we do, I always find that the very end of it slightly awkward because, you know, you don't know, say, all right, you know, take care. All right, all right. But, you know, you don't know when to, like, finish it. So, you know, again, we, we're, we're so thankful for Sadie giving us a, a few minutes. And, you know, she's a great uh, great interview subject because of all the things that she's done. And, of course, she is friends with uh, Miss Laura Jean Salerno, who I, I shouted her out last week for her birthday, Undisclosed Age. But, um, you know, they're, they're friends, and that's how we uh, we got her on the show. So we're always thankful to Laura Jean, who's been a big help to our show, uh, you know, behind the scenes, as it were. And, hell, if Sadie, uh, you know, if she really wants to be anal about being a producer, we can always use one. I mean, you know, I'm as, I'm as unorganized as they come, and you're on a left field somewhere. So having a producer would be a good thing for PG. Yeah, God bless. 
sir. Let's take a, a quick time out. I want to come back and talk about baseball. The Mets season just officially ended just now, and we'll talk about baseball, and we'll finish up what they think. Hey, this is recording artist Sahara Star, and you're listening to Pure Gold. Be sure to check back every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to tune in to the best Internet talk show on the East Coast. Hi, this is Lauren Lester, and you are listening to Pure Gold. I'm Lisa Mateo from the PIX11 Morning News in New York. Make sure you check out Pure Gold every week for the best talk radio around. Welcome back, folks. Before we um, took the interview with Madman actress Sadie Alexander, we were talking about how Pure Gold will now be on Ironbound Radio, 1640 AM. Uh, what's all the name of your show? Pure Gold. Pure Gold. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> Pure gold. All the way to the right on 1640 AM, Ironbound Radio. Sir, one thing we forgot to mention before we took the interview with uh, Sadie is that we will also be webcasted, so you can actually see oh, us. Oh, gee. You know, and, and I think to me that's the worst part of this whole gig. If there was one thing I could say that I don't want to do, it's that part. I mean, who the heck wants to watch us do nothing? Uh, We're literally sitting here, uh, you know, in the quote-unquote PG studios. Yeah, we have the, the sloppy jalopy Mets game on our right-hand side, which, of course, is why I kept saying Mets instead of Jets or Giants. But, sir... I mean, with all the hand gestures we make to each other and all these things, I mean, we're literally going to have to change our show around. I can't do all the wacky stuff behind the scenes if people are going to watch. But, sir, the audience is growing. We're getting interactive now. People are going to see us, what we do. We're going to have chat rooms. We're yeah, going to have – This is what we're going to see. We're going to be sitting there with microphones in front of us. Yeah, chat rooms talking about us. Yeah, you're, you're pulling a Mike Francesa eating Johnsonville broths and sleeping in the middle of interviews. I mean, are you kidding me? Who wants to see that? Just think about it. Boomer and Carton. Mike Boomer, Francesco, oh, baby. I'm Davis. 32 homers. 90 on the eye. What a season for Ike. Obviously, he doesn't want to talk about pure gold anymore. We're running up against it nine minutes ago, sir. Wait, 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 that are uh, uh, simulcast on TV and webcast. Oh, uh, baby! Are Pure Gold, Boomer and Carn, and Mike Francesa. Yeah, I'm sure there's other... There, I'm pretty sure there's other... Uh, yeah, Mike and Mike. There. Yeah, you're right. I don't want to watch Mike and Mike. I, you know, again, I don't want to watch Boomer and Carn. I don't want to watch any of these guys. <laughs> Me either. Uh, but I do. I digress. Sir, the baseball season for the Mets is officially over. We might as well dissect it for a couple minutes before we get to they stink. I you mean... Should? The Mets, what an awful season this has been. I mean, the, the only highlights I could think about are Dave Ray had a bounce-back year compared to last year. Uh, Dickey is a 20-game winner and potential Cy Young Award winner, which I think he should win it. Uh, based on just all the stats that he has. And, um, well, you know what, sir? He didn't help his cause yesterday, which is an issue. Clayton Kershaw now has, a, has an, uh, quite a higher ERA, a lower ERA than he does. Right. I believe he still has the innings pitch lead. Um, I mean, when you look at this team, there's not much positive you can take from it. Again, Ike Davis did hit his 30-second homer. He got up to 90 RBIs, which is quite a milestone. Um, if he didn't have that terrible start to his season, sir, I think this guy would have been pushing 40 and 120, which next year, I mean, you can say that that's probably what you're looking at, 35 and 120. I mean, you would take that from your first baseman in a heartbeat. So, but what, what, make, what makes me nervous, sir, is all the rumors about trading Ike Davis. If you're the Mets, you can't trade Ike Davis. You can't trade Ari Dick. I guess technically you could trade David Wright because I've always said this and I'll repeat it again. I know all the Mets fans are, are going nuts right now over this, but uh, Wright is not the type of player to build your team around. He's not a number one guy. He's a number two or number three. But, um, you know, again, it'll be counterproductive because if you get rid of Ike, there goes your power. What are you going to trade for starting pitching? You don't need starting pitching per se. You need an entirely new bullpen, and the bullpen's a crapshoot, so you can't trade him for bullpen help. So, so I, I would be quite pissed off if they trade off uh, my favorite man, Ike Davis. It makes no sense to trade power for power. I mean, Ike Davis has to stay on the team. To an extent, I want David Wright to stay on the team and R.A. Dickey. Um, <laughs> You know that, that those are the highlights for the Mets season. Other than the, I mean, the first half, I guess the, the the minor leaguers played above their heads because this team absolutely sucked in the second half, and they like they pretty much pretty much took a nosedive from the second half on. I mean, uh, you can't get any worse than the way they played. I think our expectations were way too high in the first half. We should have seen this was a, a basically a 500 team, even though they fell uh, probably what seven or eight games below 500 because they just lost conservative games, and they couldn't score at home. They couldn't score more than two runs for about a month and a half. 
and they finally started scoring the runs towards the end of the season. But, sir, a total loss. And speaking of a total loss, I mean, think about this. I mean, I know it's bad if you're a Mets fan, but think about if you're a Texas Ranger fan who's been in first place since, what, April 9th of this year and just lost just today to the Oakland A's. You can see them celebrating on the field right now. The Oakland A's are the AL West champions, and the Texas Rangers are a wild card team. Well, you know what? I mean, the Rangers definitely screwed up. But, sir, I think that what this probably means is that they're going to go win the World Series because they won the last couple of years. Uh, the Rangers, you know, really did basically collapse. And, of course, the A's came out of nowhere. But they're still a wild card. So I think that's my prediction for win the World Series, the, uh, the infamous Texas Rangers. But what I want to know is why are, why are all these Mets fans, why are all these, these goofs talking about, you know, the – Talking about these ridiculous, uh, you know, who cares if they, do I care? Do I care that the Oakland A's win? No, my team stinks. They absolutely stink. And I don't care about these, about these bums. I don't care about Oakland. I don't understand why any Mets fan does. Like, seriously, the baseball season's over. It's dead. The Mets are dead to me you, until next year. Yeah, you might be as a Mets fan and just say the season's over, but we have a job and a duty to cover baseball. And ah, shut up. So that's why I mentioned the Oakland A's. What, what I want to know, sir, what, what I, I want to know is how is it, how is it that I was two games off of my prediction for the Mets? They ended up 74 and 88. My prediction was 72 and 90. Oh, baby, the New York Mets are pure crap. And as far as uh, your prediction, you suck, sir. You absolutely suck. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, the Oakland A's won the division. Who cares? What about tonight? The Yankees need a win to win the division, the AL East. Uh, basically, last night I thought the the uh, the Yankees were going to lose to the Red Sox, and they didn't. I'm so. hoping the Yankees lose because I want to see, uh, you know, I want to see the uh, what, what the hell's the other team? The Orioles. Oh, the Baltimore Orioles. Oh, baby. Yep. Um, I want to see them win the the division, but of course I'm excited for the for the Orioles because you know what, I, Buck Showalter he got hosed when he got kicked out of New York. Of course, uh, Joe Torre came in and uh, took care of business, but. You know, I'd like to see what happens. I'd like to see the, the you know, the Orioles do something, sir. But, again, yeah. I'm picking the Rangers. Starting tonight, sir, I mean, uh, a lot of things could happen in the next three days. If, the, o- if the, um, the Yankees lose tonight and the O's win, then you have a one-game playoff to decide the AL East Division champions tomorrow. And if the Yankees lose that game, they play a one-game play, a wild-card play game, play-in game, they call that the new thing that they have this year. And if the Yankees lose that, then on Friday they're coming home and they're not making the playoffs. So, I mean, a lot of things could still happen tonight. It's a must-watch if you're an anti-Yankee fan. Hopefully that the Red Sox can pull for win and the O's could actually beat the Rays one more time so we have a one-game playoff for the division. And then hopefully the Yankees could lose again to the O's tomorrow night. Hopefully. You know, I look at these I look at these fans and stuff. And, you know, I mean, Mets fans, if the Mets ever win anything, which, of course, will never happen, um... If the if the Mets ever win, I mean, these are fans who are really stuck through thick and thin. I mean, a lot of these guys, a lot of these fans are phonies. I mean, they're they're not they're not legit, sir. They're not legit fans. Why have these have these A's fans been packing the stadium for the past like ten years? Come no. on, get the hell out of here. Those phonies in Los Angeles. No offense to any of our guests, but come on, there are a bunch of phonies out there. They don't care about sports at all, sir. It's six fifty eight. This is my favorite segment. Of course, because you invented it. Hit it. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, sir. Uh, here we go with, uh, if I'm not mistaken, this is the fourth installment of Joe's favorite segment. Mistake! <laughs> Let's get in the way. My turn. All right, folks. Uh, you guessed it. They stink segment number four goes to my team, the New York Jets. From top to bottom, this team really blows. And I'll tell you why. Woody Johnson just quoted the other day talking about how he would rather have Mitt Romney win the presidential election than the Jets win the Super Bowl. What kind of owner are you? I agree, by the way. What kind of owner says that? That you'd rather have Mitt Romney win the presidential election than your team win the Super Bowl. Your team hasn't won the Super Bowl since 69. 1969? 1969. Give it to Mike Tannenbaum for... Given the worst draft picks that the Jets could ever have, they released all four. Not only that, Santonio is out. Who do you replace him with? Nobody. You're $8 million under the freaking cap. Why don't you go out and sign a three-ring circus, get Terrell Owens, get me Chad Ochocinco, give me Plaxico Burris, because we're $8 million under the cap. Mark Sanchez needs somebody to throw to him. Give it to him. 
to Rex Ryan for this BS garbage that tells you that it's the best coach team ever. It's not the best defense ever. It's the worst defense ever. Jeez, Rex Ryan, stop smoking the Woody Johnson crack pipe. And for the New York Jets team themselves, good God almighty, you gave up on the team, you gave up on the fans. Shame on you. The entire Jet team that played 34 to nothing. Are you kidding me? To my wife's team, the 49ers. Jets, you stink. <laughs> oh, baby, folks. You literally, <laughs> you literally had to see my calls. I have no stink. I have known Joe for about 15 years, and his head was red, his face was red. I thought we were going to have to call the ambulance for this segment of that stick. I think this might have to be the last one, because I don't think your heart can take that anymore. Sir, um, hey, I can't, <laughs> woo, I cannot add anything to that. That's a great way to end the show. Folks, make sure you check us out next week, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we're going to have uh, the lovely and talented Bronco Reyes, who is the lead singer for Group One Crew, one of my favorite uh, bands. It's going to be an awesome show. <laughs> Church is true. That's it. done. He walked away. Folks, check us out. Click on PZ.com for JB. For JB, this is DG of Pure Gold reminding you folks to always keep it PG. <laughs> wow, what an end to the show. Good night, everyone. What's the name of your show? Uh, Pure Gold. Pure Gold? Yes, sir. I got two words for you. Pure <laughs> Gold. <laughs>